Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. All right, Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. What a journey we are having in Ephesians. And when you read such a deeper uh, writings in the scripture, you should not be at haste. You should go slow and meditate and, and try to nourish your soul as much as you can and just like savor all the content of this amazing banquet that the Lord prepared for us. Today we're going to cover the remaining part of Ephesians chapter 3. But I want you to understand we are touching uh, really deep stuff here. This is holy ground. And, and I don't want to take it for granted. I really want you to go uh, to your week and read and meditate, maybe even memorize some of Ephesians' verses. They are that uh, strength for your soul. They are that extra stamina for the week. So I really encourage you to do that. Today, the title of my message is The Measureless Love of God. Now, it's hard to comprehend something that is limitless, that is endless. Because we somehow, as chronological beings, as people that had a beginning, we feel that one day we're going to have a physical end to uh, deal with some eternal, measureless, endless uh, values or measurements. It's really hard for our brains to grasp. So that's why each week I'm encouraging you to go out of your limitations from your physical life and really activate, stir up your spirit. That's why we're going to pray right now. We're going to pray because without the divine intervention, without the Holy Spirit really opening the eyes of our hearts, we will not get it. But I want you to get it. Would you pray with me right now? Just bow your heads. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, for revelation. We are walking in these holy grounds of Ephesians. And I pray, Father, that you are bringing revelation, light in our darkness. Oh, a new, fresh breath of life in our decaying body, in our confused soul. That you speak, God, clarity to our minds. As we read and meditate in these verses. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 and on. Are you guys there with me? For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. From whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. That according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, the depth, and to know the love of Christ. That surpasses knowledge. That it may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20. Now to him 
who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Did you guys read it with me? Again, I love to read these blocks in Ephesians because I feel just encouraged just reading out loud. By the way, that's a very good way that I recommend you to read your Bible. Maybe it's hard during the day. Maybe it's hard because you are in a public space. But eventually, just get aside and read what they call the pulpit reading style, your Bible. In other words, read out loud. When you do that, some psychological thing happens. It seems that you're preaching to yourself. Would you try this this week? Just find a spot, a place in your week, and just a recruit, like a secluded place that you can read out loud these small blocks in your Bible. But read it enough that you can hear yourself reading. You're going to feel something different. Say amen, everybody. All right, so we are in this uh, chapter, and Paul told us that there was a mystery. That God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in the secret chamber of the Holy Throne, they were talking about this mystery that was hidden through generations. No one could ever predict what God was thinking. We know the mystery is revealing Ephesians chapter 3, verse 6. If you have in your Bible, you can take a peek over there. But the best part for me on this secret is what is written here in verse 11 and 12 that says this was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness everybody say with me boldness in whom we have access say with me access say boldness say access with confidence now say confidence come on everybody say with me boldness say access confidence once again one two three boldness access confidence once again let me hear your voice boldness access confidence I think you can do better come on everybody once, once again boldness access confidence you need this this tripod of our relationship with God it's what make the angels the demons mind-blowing breathtaking they don't get it how we Thus made flesh and bone creatures can dare to approach this holy almighty God with such boldness, access, and confidence. And I know we take it for granted. But if you really understand what a privilege it is to have such boldness, access, and confidence. We are going to come before our Father with peace. With expectation of good things he has in store for us amen everybody so the secret was in God's heart he never revealed to any creature only the son and the spirit as part of the triune God they shared this to unite Jews and non-Jews in all the promises that belongs to Christ yes you heard me right you and I because we are in Christ say with me in Christ that's a very repeated expression in Ephesians. Because we are in Christ, we became deserving of all 
Christ's blessings. And I know it's so, again, weird, mind-blowing, and I know I shake your religious, merit-based relationship with God kind of, you know, approach. I know I, I mess up with the, your, you know, meritocracy structure shaped within you that now you became worthy to receive all Christ's blessings that it may take eternity for you to really comprehend it all. And that's exactly what Paul is trying to do here. It is such a strong, great statement that he knows it is impossible to any human mind to really understand those statements without God's intervention and insight. He does that through his spirit. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 14. It's our passage. That's why he says, for this reason, I pray. I pray because without God's own intervention to bring revelation, you're never going to get it. Which reminds us, we already talked about that in Ephesians chapter 1. You guys have your Bibles in your hands. Go back a little bit in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul also prayed there. And he prayed pretty much for the same reason. He prayed that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, I'm reading verse 17 of chapter 1, the Father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of Him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which He has called you, what are the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable great of His power toward us who believe. I, I need to be in the speakers. Don't take me. Reminds me my time as a teacher. So you guys, there we go. Fix that for us. Thank you. Thank you. So now we are in this endeavor to understand what surpasses knowledge. Pay attention here, guys. We're trying to grasp what is ungraspable. We're trying to have an idea what is impossible to never understand we'll never grasp it so we need his intervention let's go let's continue over here before we go in detail of what actually Paul is praying that we understand I want to remind you of this important practice 
practice of praying for everything. Now, it's very important. Can you guys hear me here? No? All right. So it's only this one. That's okay. So I'm going to keep it anyways, okay? So don't bother. Let me encourage you to pray for everything. Because once you realize that all the strength you need, all the capacity intelligence you need, and even the articulation you need for dealing with your family, with your business partner, with your uh, kids, all the wisdom you need comes from God. You will pray for everything. Now, in other words, if you want your business to flourish, pray for it. If you want your marriage to change, dare to pray for it. If you want to see your ministry moving forward, pray for it. And as we pray, the gates of heaven, the portals of God's blessing, it's open to us. That's why we are encouraged to pray for everything. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20. God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask. Say with me, ask. So that's the part we are into. We should ask because God is big. I can ask big because God is great. I can think greater. Come on, somebody. Our God is a big God, and He's very honored when His children seize Him in that greatness, in that glorious position. And because we really know he is great, we really know and believe he is big, I ask big. I ask boldly. I have, have access and I have confidence. Say amen, everybody. Which makes me to quote James chapter 4 because it fits perfectly here. Look what Apostle James says. You desire and do not have. You murder. You covet and cannot obtain. So you fight and quarrel. I'm talking to you disputing spouses. You that got married and now you're guys finding out who is in charge of the house. And you're thinking that whoever has the last word is the winner. Let me say something. The last word that wins is the silence. Is the spirit of Christ. Hebrews chapter 10 tells us. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them. After those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. Did you get what the Bible says? That he, look at me. You don't need to be afraid of asking because maybe your heart is not so well motivated. Because since you are born again. Say amen if you are born again. Since you received Christ as your Lord and Savior. A heart surgery happened. Your heart was changed. And now the right motivations is within there. Now 
again, maybe you still don't believe that. That's why I'm going to read Philippians chapter 2, 13 that says, For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So as children of God, we have his divine nature. We're not going to be self-centered, egocentric, just, you know, having our own uh, desires above everything else. When we ask, we ask believing that we have a good father. Let me read Philippians 2 in the Amplified Version. For it is not your strength, <clears throat> but it is God who is effectively at work in you. Keep listening. Both to will and to work. This version of the Bible keeps saying that is strengthening, energizing, and creating in you the longing and the ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure. Maybe you never wonder, but some of these sights, these wishes, these desires that came into your heart was God himself speaking unto you. Two years in marriage, we were, uh, I was uh, not ordained at the time, but there was a desire in my heart and my wife's heart to have an international experience. I remember that I had just this desire to be exposed to English in a new level. I had a pretty decent English for most Brazilians, uh, but I just have that craving, that longing. Maybe, you know, if I had an experience. And at the time, I had some family here in the United States. I even planned to stay with them. I don't know if my wife remembers that. And I tried to get my tourist visa renewed. I already had come to the United States when I was a teenager. She lived in the United States for a year when she was a teen. And I just had that longing. I never wondered that God one day will make me a pastor here in the United States. Never wondered. But you see that that longing, that desire was there. In the rest of the story, one day I tell you, the visa was not approved. There was the right timing for the longing. It's interesting because the longing was there. So don't, don't be afraid to ask your father. By the way, you have a father. That's how Paul actually teaches us. He teaches us in Ephesians 3.14. For this reason, I bow my knees before the father. I don't come before a judge. I don't come before a mayor, a president, an authority. No, no, I come before my father. And let's be honest. From all the traditional Jewish names of God that Jesus could teach his disciples or emphasize to his disciples, Elohim, Adonai, Yahweh, El Shaddai, Almighty God, the El Sabaoth, the God of hosts, Jehovah Nisi, the banner is the Lord, or even Jehovah Rapha, or El Rapha, or Raphael, doesn't matter, it's all the same name. The God that heals, El Elyon, the God of heaven and earth, Jesus 
taught us to pray. To remind us when we ask, we ask to our Father. Matthew chapter 6, pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Say amen, everybody. You see that we approach with this confidence, with this boldness, with this access. We are part of God's clan, God's family. And that's why Paul keeps saying in verse 15, from whom every family, the Greek word is patria. Yes, in heaven and on earth. The word patria mean, means family, but also can signify this clan idea. You are part of my tribe. Don't mess up with the person of my tribe. Don't touch someone that is part of my clan. It means that identity as a nation. That's why First Peter tells us we are a holy nation. Because we are part of the patria of God. We are part of His clan. We, we have confidence because we are part of God's family. Say amen, everybody. Now, this identity can determine a lot in your life. And I know, unfortunately, among some evangelical Christians, they go from pity party, wound-leaking kind of people, to crazy megalomaniacs. People that have this self-reliance and becoming this schizophrenic, self-reliance Christian, which doesn't make any sense. No, we have a father that gives us boldness, access, and confidence. But we are not prideful in ourselves. We don't rely on ourselves. How, how we balance this, Pastor? Because it's hard for me. I remember when I was depressed. I remember when I was willing even to hurt myself. I, I remember the day that I wished even to take my own life. And now I'm learning that I am the, the, the son of God, a daughter of God, that he loves me. Why are we not going to become a megalomaniac? The balance is the spirit of God. Everything happens through the power of the spirit. Ephesians 3.16 that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. So yes, it's not by power, it's not by might, but through His Holy Spirit in your inner being. Say amen, everybody. So you don't have it by yourself. You have it because of the Spirit of God within you. And again, I don't want to discourage you uh, to believe big. I want you to ask big, to expect big. I want you to keep bold and confident, fearless. Your Heavenly Father has bestowed upon us and you and me all His resources, all His riches. Philippians chapter 4, 19. My God will supply every need of yours. Isn't that good just to hear that? Let me read it out loud again for your ears to be encouraged this morning. God will supply every need of yours. And pay attention. It's not according 
to a penny counting person. It's not according to the miserable, you know, greedy person, but it's according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And I remind you, your God is big and very, very rich. So he doesn't count the crumbs. He doesn't measure the amount of blessings he wants to pour down over you as his children. Come on, somebody. Ephesians 3.17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you're being rooted and grounded in love. It is time for us to let Christ settle down in our hearts. If he made our heart his home. If he's made our heart this house to dwell. Reminds us of the classic booklet by Robert Boyan Munger. My heart, Christ's home. And Robert writes this. I will never forget the evening I invited Jesus into my heart. What an interest he made. It was not a spectacular emotional thing, but very real. It happened at the very center of my soul. He came into the darkness of my heart and turned on the light. He built a fire in the cold either and banished the chill. He started music where there had been stillness and harmony where there had been discord. He filled the emptiness with his own loving fellowship. I have never regretted opening the door to Christ. And I will never will. May Christ settle down in our hearts. When we do that, we start to comprehend the miracles. The supernatural. We have an expectation of good things in store for us tomorrow. I don't wake up thinking on the problems, but I'm expecting the blessings for tomorrow. Come on, somebody. Colossians chapter 1, 26. The mystery hidden for ages in generations, but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery. Which is, say with me, Christ... In me. Everybody say Christ in me. Everybody say again Christ in us. The hope of glory. So because Christ is in us, we can grow. Look what the Bible keeps saying verse 17. So you may be strengthened to comprehend. I'm sorry. Verse 17. That you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend. With all the saints, the measureless love of Christ, verse 19, that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The problem with religion is that we get used very easily with extraordinary news like that. We take it for granted because every Sunday you come and you hear. 
And now, yes, you were once rooted in love. You had once that warmth, that heat of the love of God for you. You were rooted, but you missed the point. And suddenly, when a pastor, when a middle schooler, when a youth pastor, when a leader preaches a very nice uh, verse in the Bible, a very famous verse in the Bible, such as John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. Your inner reaction is not the same. By the way, what happened to you when I just rephrase John 3.16? And because of our religiosity, we lose the passion. We lost the passion. It is time for us to dust off our religious heart and kindle the fire back. You were not loved and saved to be fixed with that love and salvation. When we take for granted, when we lose perspective of the love of God for us, when we abandon the first love, we are at the great risk of lukewarmness. Paul wrote a letter to the Ephesians. But there was another person that wrote a letter to the same people, the Ephesians. He needed a writer for that while he was speaking. And the author of this letter is Jesus Christ himself. He wrote a letter to the Ephesians while John in the island of Patmos was writing down. And if you remember in Revelation chapter 2, the letter of Jesus to the church of Ephesus, in one moment, Jesus says to the church, I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. So the, the problem with religion is that we accumulate knowledge and we lose the fire. What is the first love? 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. So what is the, the biblical definition of love? Same book, verse 10. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, the Bible verse I'm reading to you now in 1 John is just a paraphrase of what he had written in his gospel. John 3.16. Open your heart right now, my brother, because the fire is going to take you over. Because God so loved the world and he gave his only son. And whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Let me hear a praise to God in this place. Come on, somebody. So, if we are endeavoring into know this love, 
that surpasses knowledge. In order to be filled with the fullness of God, I need the Holy Spirit. God, with all His grace, mercy, truth, wisdom, power, have so much more for us. A whole lot more. But it's important to insist. Insist like Paul says here in this block of verses. That one thing is to know intellectually. Another thing is to experiencing that love. Let's go to verse 18 and 19. Is to have the strength to comprehend with all the saints the love of Christ. Everything you are understanding maybe through the English speaking I am doing right now, you have to experience it in your life group. Here in the church, shaking their hands, receiving, you know, hugs from strangers and maybe getting connected. God decided to entrust His church this multifold wisdom multicolored made with different background people group the church his fullness so the fullness of God is within the church experience so yes please take a break use summer vacation but don't disappear from the church do yourself this favor if you want to keep the heat, the fire, the love fresh in your heart. Ephesians 3.20 Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think. According to the power at work within us. To Him be glory in the church. And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. What is our part in all this? The Bible is very clear. Number one, we ask. We pray for everything with boldness, access, and confidence. Are you guys with me, somebody? But also, we think big. We imagine what God is thinking about us. And God is not conspiring during the night to make your day miserable. No. Maybe the devil is doing that. But the Lord have good thoughts about you. The Lord have good plans for you. Let me invite you to stand up this morning. God... Your Father is greater than your limitations. Your Father is greater than your problems. And He loves you. And out of this love, God is conspiring to bless you this week. We cannot ask for more than God can do. <laughs> we cannot even imagine... All that He is planning for our good.